0: Please turn to Genesis chapter 14. People often ask why. And you know when a person first comes to Christ or someone grows up in church we know that we are supposed to give. We just don't know how much and why. And there's you know, guidelines. It's called the tithe, you know. So I, I got to thinking, since we finished up on the church, we, we still want to talk about issues at hand. And one of the biggest issues is tithe. You know, some people think that they wonder, why is God wanting my money? Why is He taking all my money? You know, and we'd like to tell you why. <laughs> That's not true. It's a, it's a gift to be able to give to God. But we're talking about why I tithe, okay? So I got to think, and I put some points together on why I personally tithe. That uh, we're going to talk about the tithe, because people ask why. They say the tithe's Old Testament. I've been taught this, told this my whole life, and they believe it's legalistic. They believe it's not fair. They believe it lives off Holy Spirit leadership in giving. And the truth of the matter is, if you if you lift it up to free will, most people aren't going to give a tenth. I'm just talking. I know. I know the human nature. So we talk about the, the tithe. And so when you think about the tithe, look at it this way. God's not asking of us anything He hasn't asked people from the beginning of the world. Nothing's changed. It's the same. And so the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15... To be ready always to give an answer to everyone that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you. To try to have an answer why. To why we do what we do. All right, It's important. Now, I will say this. The tithe is an interesting study. You could study it for a month because there's a lot involved in the remnant of Israel. It's very possible that one-tenth of Israel shall be saved. It's a tithe. And a tithe literally has to do with people. A tithe of people. It's found in the law. I believe that in the tribulation period, there's going to be 10% or a tithe of the Jews that are saved are going to be cannibalized by the Antichrist people. It's a tithe. One-tenth. So there's there's a principle here, and there's a basis on why do I tithe? I give you six reasons why I tithe. And then I'll give say a couple of things to finish it out. But turn to Genesis 14. The law of first mention is the law of first mention. What does that mean? I taught you that. That when you see something for the first time in the Bible, it sets the tone and the principle for that word throughout the Bible. You, can start, you start at the beginning, all right? Because Genesis is the beginning. So we're talking about the tithe and the beginning of the tithe. This is Abraham, Genesis 14, verse 17. says, And the king of Salem went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of, somebody want to give me that word? Chitalehomor. All right? Chitalehomor. What a guy. It's actually Chitalehomor. Chitalehomor. And are the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is in the king's dell. And Melchizedek of Salem brought forth bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him. Now this is Melchizedek blessing Abraham. And he said, Blessed be Abraham, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. You see that? He gave him tithes of all. So the first reason I'm a tither is the Bible says that Abraham was a tither and he's the father of the faithful. He set the tone for us to tithe. 10% of your income. 10% of your increase. And so we'll look at some more of this in a minute. So Abraham gave tithes to this this king, this priest that shows up out of nowhere. His name is Melchizedek. Now, I believe, obviously, he's a type of Jesus Christ. He's a Christophany of Jesus Christ, which is a picture of Christ in the Old Testament before he became uh, incarnate. But, you know, think about this uh, Abraham, he knew that you tithe off the increase. He didn't demand him give 10%. It says he gave him tithes of all. He didn't give tithes of just the spoils of war. It says he gave tithes of all. 10%. You know the word dime means a tenth. Ten cents, right? The word dime. In, in the old days, a dime was worth something. Ten of them made a dollar. Back in the old days, a dime could get you a lot. And it was a tenth of a dollar. It's always a tenth of something. So when God told them to put the manna in the ark, He said, put a tenth of an omer in there of the manna. Why? It's a tenth. It's a tenth. It's very interesting how God does it. Now look over at chapter 24. and It's pretty amazing. So when, when Eleazar is telling... Rebekah's family about his master. He says something interesting about him. In verse chapter 24, verse 35 says, The Lord blessed my master greatly. And he has become great. He hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and manservants and maidservants and camels and asses. God blessed Abraham greatly. Great, great blessing. He didn't... Listen, he didn't tithe so that he'd be blessed and rich. He tithed so he'd be obedient and be recompensed back to the one who gave him all. And God blessed him greatly. People who reject the tithe are not blessed. People who submit to it are very, very blessed. So turn over to chapter 28. So the first reason, I'm going through these quickly. The first reason is Abraham was father of the faithful. He tithed, why shouldn't I? He is the Father of the faithful. We follow Him in all ways. We even got our righteousness the same way. Believe God and it was accounted unto Him for righteousness. So we're in Genesis chapter 28. Now we're looking at at His grandson Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It says in verse 22, Jacob's talking to the Lord and he says, This stone which I've set up for a pillar shall be God's house, Bethel. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. So my second reason I tithe is based on what Jacob did. I tithe because in so doing, I acknowledge that everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. None of it belonged to me anyways. Nothing did I ever get Did I get of my own hands The Lord, the possessor of heaven and earth, allowed me to have this. So Jacob, he acknowledged to God. It's interesting what he says here. He says, you own everything, God. And if you give me something, it came from you. You know, we think, I earned it. And I know you did. You had to work hard for it. But you got the money. You got whatever the increase is. God brought it to you. Think about this. You couldn't tithe anything if God didn't let you make something. If if God didn't give anything to you, you'd have nothing to give to Him. So all things, excuse me, dropping my notes, all things come from God. That's the reason why I tithe. I think it's interesting. It's kind of like the little boy. I don't know if my sons did this to me or not, but when they're little, they come up and they say, Hey, Dad, I need some money. Why? Because I want to get you a Father's Day gift. Right? They don't have their own. They get it from Him so they can turn around and give it to Him or a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. Uh, I don't know. If my, I think my sons went out and got their own. I don't know how they did it, but they, they pulled it off. God owns everything. It says in Psalm 24, 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein and all the cattle on a thousand hills Belong unto him. So the Christian ought to realize this truth and give God his tithe. Same thing. We won't look at it, but if you want to write this down, if you're taking notes, in Genesis 30 verse 43, it says God blessed Jacob immensely with massive hurt. You know, when Jacob made this deal with the Lord, it was basically he negotiated and he made a promise and an oath. Jacob didn't have a penny to his name. He was poor as dirt. He ran for his life because Esau was going to kill him. When he showed up back at the homeland, the old homeland back there, he had nothing to his name. He became a servant to Laban for 21 years. And in that 21 years, he was faithful. He tied to the Lord his increase, and God brought him to great, great bounty and wealth. So let's move on. Turn to Malachi chapter 3. That's the last book in the the Old Testament. Everybody knows this one. You can probably quote it. The old famous verse. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, right? Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. So we're in Malachi, (coughs) chapter 3, in verse 10. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room to receive it. Number three, the reason I tithe. I tithe because God... Promised overflowing blessings to tithers. You, now understand this. He promises an overflow of blessings that you can't even receive the good that comes to you. The, the, the funny thing about Christians is we want to be Israelites. We want all physical blessings. God gave us spiritual blessings primarily. And you'll have it if you will submit to the tithe. It's very clear, it's very plain. And you're bringing tithes into the storehouse. They were bringing in so much, they were saving some. It's pretty good when God's house can save money and use it for later. And and you know that people are going to have their needs met way down the line. This is God's plan. You know, there used to be a thing called storehouse tithing. There was a big fight over storehouse tithing versus just giving to any work for God. There were some men who taught, as long as you're giving it to God, you can give it to anybody, like an evangelist, a healer, uh, some work. You can do that. But all the old preachers knew. No, you bring it to the storehouse. It's called storehouse tithing. It goes to the house of God. It goes to the local church. If the church wants to give to the evangelists and all those other people and the missionaries, they can do so. We're talking about the tithe. If you want to give an offering to somebody, that's fine. It's the tithe goes to God's house. It's a rewarding, though, of faith and obedience. What did he say? Prove me herewith. So you want to prove I'm God? This is one of the best ways to do it. Prove me. Start tithing. Start tithing. If you start tithing, you'll find out I'm God. I will bless you immensely. And there won't be room to receive it what is he saying you're going to be giving me more and you're going to be giving other people more because you're doing such abundance and it's all proof of faith that was my third reason I tithe because God promised an overflow of blessings to tithers number four I tithe because Jesus tithed and He commended tithing. He commended it. He didn't judge it. He didn't say, that's Old Testament. That's the law. No. He commended. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 23. You see, we're we're working our way through the Bible here. Matthew 23. And then we'll bring it home. Matthew 23, this is Jesus, and he's actually rebuking the Pharisees. But the one thing he didn't rebuke them for was tithing. 23, 23, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, cumin, excuse me, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. So Jesus, we know, is commending them for tithing. He's saying you did right in tithing off all of you. You know, they were getting spices coming their way. You know, right out of the fields and out of the... They were tithing off of their increase. You know, increase doesn't have to just be money. It's any type of increase the Lord gives to us. And I got to thinking... Jesus fulfilled the law. He tithed. He gave God the Father his portion. No doubt about it. Because if Jesus hadn't been a tither, they would have been pointing that at him saying, you're a lawbreaker. You're not giving God his due. You're not a tither. We know that Jesus tithed. And And we also know there's weightier matters of the law than tithing. Jesus just said so. There's some things more, a lot of things more important than the tithe. I know a guy, his whole Christian life was based on tithing. He thought he was a great Christian if he tithe, And if he didn't tithe, you're a sorry Christian. You're no good. And he would almost go so far as to say, anybody that doesn't tithe well, to kick them out of the church. Well, guess what? He didn't last very long because he didn't do the weightier matters of the law. And what are the weightier matters of the law? Judgment, mercy, and faith. The matters of the heart are much more important than the matters of your money or your deeds that's what jesus is saying he's saying you ought not you ought to do the, the the weightier matters first but you also better not leave off that's what he said don't leave tithing undone i find that people who won't tithe probably are leaving off these weightier matters people who won't tithe they're probably not uh keeping the weightier matters of the law either now this 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 is interesting to me let's 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 turn to 1 Corinthians 9. Am I keeping you uh, interested? Why I tithe? I'll tell you what. I'll give you my six points of why I tithe, and then you can give me your reasons. And you know what you can say? Well, God said so. That's good enough right there, isn't it? That's good enough. All right? So the, the fifth reason I tithe, I'll let you write it down, and then we'll look at it. I personally tithe because I'm commanded to support the ministry. It's my job to support the ministry of God. Now look in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and it's really found all throughout it. (laughs) But 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 13 Do you not know That they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple. He's talking about the Old Testament priesthood. They lived off of this. They they would have had nothing without the tithe. That's what he's basically saying. And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. You know, the priests that were performing the sacrifices got to eat part of the sacrifices. Actually, it was their duty to eat part of the sacrifices. Even if they weren't hungry, they still had to do it. But they lived off of the tithe. And so that's why it says in verse 14, even so, there it is, even so. Right now, even so, the Lord hath ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Even so. Nothing's changed. God's men are fed by the people of God. Because if they don't, they're going to have to run off and get a job like everybody else. That's what happens. Nothing has changed. You know, Paul put it this way. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. In the Old Testament law, Moses wrote that if, if you have an ox that's running the grindstone, turning that giant rock by walking around in circles, grinding the corn like a millstone, he said it's against the law to muzzle that ox to where it can't eat while it's churning out the, the, the bread. You let it eat. It's, it's your life. You take care of that thing. You know, it's, it, and so with preachers it goes, it's interesting for me because I've never, I've never been chargeable to the church. But you care for the carnal needs of your preacher and whoever else works for the church. Because they're caring for your spiritual. And they're, caring, they're, they're giving you the spiritual things. Therefore, the Bible says you recompense them and take care of their carnal needs. It's just the way. To, and how do you do that? Through the tithe. Through the tithe. Okay? Very, very simple. I tithe because I commanded to do this to support the ministry. Alright? The last reason I tithe. Turn to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews 7. Trying to get us out on time here. Hebrews 7. And this is him speaking of Abraham again. And they're reliving Abraham with Melchizedek. And Abraham paying... We'll get to that in a minute. Paying tithes. You know... I hear people say that all the time. I got to pay my tithe. It's only one found one place in the Bible to, to pay your tithe. We give a tithe, but but you can also pay it. You know, I guess it all depends on how you look at it. But let, let's look here. I, let me give you number six reason why. Because I tithe because Jesus lives. He's alive and he receives my tithes. This is interesting, and we know this. But I want to reiterate the point of who really this is going to. You're not giving to the church. You're not giving to the man of God. You're not not making the priest or the preacher rich. You're doing something. And it's plain. Look here in Hebrews 7 verse 8. And here, it's on earth, right now, men that die receive tithes. But there he receiveth them of whom it is witness that he liveth, and as I may so say, Levi also who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. You know he tithed in his grandpa. Oh, actually, it'd be his great great grandpa. He tithed in his great great grandpa. Isn't that amazing? Uh, in the, he was because it says there he was in the loins of his grandfather in abraham when he made those ties to melchizedek interesting your children served god in you you can serve god in your offspring and your children and you should we ought to be teaching our young people to get out and do something for god find your way for god find your life for god not the world's way find god's way Get out there, like the, pull the, you know, get the bow out, get the bow out, get the arrow out of the quiver and start shooting some darts at the wicked. You know, he's always shooting fiery darts. Let's shoot back. With our young, because I want to get me some exploits through my own. That's what I want, all right? But that got off subject here. Now think about this. When I tithe to the church and it's received, I put some over there in the plate right now. And it's dispersed to meet the needs of the church. Got, men might have done it, but I gave that to Jesus Christ. It went to Him. It went to Him. Notice what it says here He that receiveth them is the same person that says He liveth. Jesus lives. He's alive right now just like he was alive when Abraham was on the earth and Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. It, went, it was really to God. All throughout time, same thing. You gave your money, the last time you gave money to the church, you gave that, Jesus received those. That's why I tithe. I want my money going to God. Now we hope the church gets used, uses the money Properly. So think about this. Let me give you a few things here before we finish up. Before, this is interesting. So we just read about Abraham did it. Right? He is the patriarch, Abraham. He's the dispensation of the family. Long before the law. He's tithing. Jacob, who is the progenitor of the nation of Israel. He's building a nation through his own loins. He tithed. This is before the law. Moses comes along and gives the law and all throughout the law, Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, the word tithe is mentioned and the principle of the tithe. They gave a tenth. By the way, before I forget, there's a lot of churches, especially the snooty wealthy ones or the hardcore fundamentalists, they make you tithe to be a member. You don't get to be one if you don't tithe. Then they will actually make you show them your tax returns to prove you're a tither. That's taking it a little far. I've known churches that do it. I got off I got off. So you have Abraham, patriarchal age. You got Jacob, who brought in the nation of Israel. You have Moses, who is the law. You have Malachi, who wrote the book at the very end of the law transitioning out of law and into grace. It's called the, uh, what do you call that? The law. It's not the lost years. It's not the lost years. It's the intertestamental period between the Testaments, between Malachi and Matthew. 400 years, by the way. 400 years took place. Now, they were tithing then. Jesus comes along, bringing law into grace. Jesus and the Pharisees tithed. And then under grace, it plainly says that God, in the church age, accepts the tithe. So the tithe is before the law, during the law, after the law. It'll be during the trib. I believe the tithe will even be during the, the millennial reign. It's a principle of life. God gives us everything. We give Him back tenth, And that keeps everything rolling. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians 16. We're going to look at some verses here and close it up. Hopefully you can understand a little more. Why do I do what I do? Boy, it pleases God. And you, you don't do it for the motive of getting blessed, but God promises you He's going to bless. And did He not say in Malachi 3.10, Prove me. Hey, prove it. Prove it. Put your money where your mouth is and prove it. First Corinthians 16.1 says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, here's Paul, He's saying, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. So this is the principle to live by here as churches. Upon the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? Sunday. Sunday. Let every one of you lay by him in store. There's your storehouse. As God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Here is your principle of the tithe, and it's very, very clear. That, that really, you want the tithe not to be a burden. You want it to be voluntary, and you want it to be a blessing. Freely you have received, freely give. Now turn over to Deuteronomy, and I'll show you one more thing. Doesn't the Bible say in 1 Corinthians nine, verse seven, God loveth a cheerful giver? Think about that. He loves a cheerful giver. It's like Brother Howes used to say, well, I'll take money from any old grump if they'll give it, but God wants a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. You want God to love you. Find a way way to be cheerful when you give to him. And the Lord will love you. What a special love. It's not a religious duty, okay? It's a gift, it's a blessing. So if one, unless one tithes because he loves Christ, he's not going to be blessed. But if he tithes because he loves Christ and the work of God and lost souls, God's going to bless them. So he said, I paid my tithe. I gave my tithe. I prefer that. Now here we are in Deuteronomy 26. Here's some principle of the tithe. And I think this is, Pretty interesting. And I'm going to tell it to you right now. Now look at verse 12. When thou hast made an end of tithing, all the tithes of thine increase, the third year. God said, when you go into the promised land, you can't, you got to just live off the land for three years. That's what he's saying right there. Okay, now that doesn't apply to us, but the tithes does. And he says, which is the year of tithing, the third year God got literally everything, and has given it unto the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that they may eat within thy gates and be filled. That's where the tithe goes for God's men and the poor. That thou shalt say, this is amazing, that thou shalt say before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of my house. What are the hallowed things? These are God's. These are things God deserves. This is the tithe. They're hallowed. Why are they hallowed? They're His. They belong to Him. And and what you're saying is, I brought them out of my house. And what did they say? I have also given them unto the Levite, unto the stranger, to the fatherless, to the widow, according to all thy commandments which thou hast commanded me. I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten. Now this is something. Look at verse 14. I have not eaten thereof in my mourning, neither have I taken away aught thereof for any unclean use, nor given aught thereof for the dead. But I have hearkened unto the voice of my God and have done according to all that thou hast commanded me. Here's an honest devoted tither this goes along with this widow the other day we were talking about in church last Sunday full obedience in that which is God's and the increase now here think about this the hallowed thing what what they're saying is they would tell God and the priest I did not dip my hands into God's hallowed things because I was mourning in other words I didn't use God's money when I was sad for me I didn't use God's money for me, period. And it's a testimony. I didn't touch God's money. I didn't spend it on me. Oh, I was mourning, though. I was sad. I was really, I needed a dairy queen. Man, I needed it bad. I needed some comfort food. I was suffering. They would say, I didn't take it for that. I didn't I didn't take the money because I lost something greatly and I was in such a low spot. I tell you something else they'd testify. What did he say? I didn't use that money for what? For any unclean use. It's hallowed. It's God's. So he's basically saying, I didn't, this would be a testimony. Hey, I didn't use this money for any worldly use for myself or anyone else. I didn't use it for pleasure. I didn't use it to pay the bills. I didn't use it for obligations. Anything unclean. Isn't that amazing? And then he says the last one. Nor have I given aught thereof for the dead. Ah, This is amazing. You don't take God's money and help people pay their funeral expenses. But that's not the principle here. He says, I didn't give my money to dead people for any reason. There's a lot of people out there. They don't want God to have the money. They want to use it for them. And they want your money. They need your money because they didn't use theirs wisely. So here's the third one. I didn't give my money to any dead people for any reason. Jesus said, you go preach the gospel and let the dead bury their dead. We're talking about people who do not serve God and don't care to serve God and they're living against the Word of God. I don't give them my money. God's money. God's money. The dead do not get God's money. God gets God's money. This is faithfulness. This is true tithing. So when you come, next time you're you giving your tithe, it's always wise to do it at the first, not at the end. Because if you do it at the end, you're going to be guilty of one of these three things. You just know it. So when you take it, you, you, that's why He said, lay in store to the side. Before you get it, before the world gets it, or before some dead person takes your money, dead spiritually person, I think this is very interesting. And so then the last principle, I'm just going to say this. Write this down and go home and study this. You go home and study this. This is found in Deuteronomy 14, 22 and 23. God says, I command you to tithe. You will tithe because it's going to teach you the fear of the Lord. The tithe will make you fear God. Boy, if you you know, a person who starts tithing and they get in the habit of tithing because they're faithful, boy, they wouldn't dare take that money. They're scared to death of God. People who don't tithe, they're not scared to death of God. Isn't that interesting? The tithe puts the fear of God in you. This is Deuteronomy 14, 22 and 23. So, why do I tithe? Because it all goes to God. And Jesus, I love this because it says he receiveth them. It's going straight to his hands and God's accounting, God's eternal accounting. It's just been written up for you. And like Paul said, put that one on my account. Or he also said in Philippians, I'm doing these things for your account. And it had to do with money. You're what? My eternal bank account up there. My eternal bank account. Uh, So the tithe, once again. We won't talk of giving for a good while. But the tithe's a blessing for those who understand it. But it will teach you the fear of the Lord.